Hello and welcome back to Football Gentron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. Your hosts are here, Adam, Chadens, Armen, back together, the gang, ahead of what is to be a very, very big week of Armenian football. But first, before we get into the episode, <clears throat> let's discuss the recent events where Armenia was under attack by Azerbaijan. Female soldier Anush Apetyan filmed enduring war crimes and humiliation was made an example, in quotes, by Azeri Turks as a message to Armenians worldwide. To them, we say, you won't succeed. All you want to do is terrorize and paralyze us and our lives. You want to suck the lives out of those you can't kill firsthand, but you won't. Each time you try to commit another genocide, you spark the flame inside of all of us even further. You tried to make an example out of her. Well, that you did. Anush Apetyan, we will never forget her. We will never forget you. We will live our lives in honor of the ones that were stripped of. Say her name. We are all Anush Apetyan. We have a lot to discuss today and a lot of good things going on in and around Armenian football. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. How are you both doing? We're doing. I don't We're know. About, I don't know how, but we are. Got it. And yeah, we gotta. We gotta go. We're good. We're hoping for the best for uh, political side and football side. They're both unfortunately connected. Huge. Uh, <laughs> huge. Huge. Week. Yeah, very very big week, and and we'll start off with what is. Um, Probably the best news of the day, um, the amazing first ever victory in European competition for an Armenian club. Uh, Punic became the first Armenian club to win uh, in UEFA competition at any level uh, in their 2-0 win against Slovan Bratislava. Artak Dashian scored the opening goal in the match. Uh, he also scored... Punic's first goal in European competition in the last match, becoming the first ever goal scorer for an Armenian club as an Armenian in UEFA club competition twice in a row now. After Dashan's great goal, less than two minutes later, Yusuf Otobanjo, who we have criticized, or I have criticized, I should say, on this show uh, for his lack of a final product in, um, in many situations, I still think he has a lot of improvement to make, especially especially in the passing front. But he scored what ended up being the UEFA Europa Conference League goal of the week. Uh, it, it was a strike from like, what, 35 yards out. He did a body feint to get past the defender. It was a gorgeous, gorgeous goal. Yeah. Let's talk. Park. Let's talk Punic. Ottoman, we'll start with you. Uh, currently in second place. Behind uh, FC Basel, who defeated Punic 3-1 in the first match. 2-0 win against Tigran Barsetian and Slovan Bratislava. Uh, and coached by Vladimir Weiss, who... Has, there's some sort of, like, Armenian juju magic against this guy. <laughs> he, just, he just can't beat anything oh, Armenian-related. Really? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the game? How do you assess how Punic played? Uh, and based on, you know, what we talked about in the last episode, uh, have, you, have your thoughts... Uh, about where Punic can end up changed. Yeah, definitely so. Yeah, it, it, they definitely have changed. Um, 
they I don't know what happened. I don't know uh but bro, they are the real deal. They are in it to win it. I mean they're they're not choking around. The if the first game against Basel was already a good sign because the three one defeat at San Jacob Park, uh legendary pitch in Western Europe in Switzerland. It was already a good game by our boys. Uh two of the three goals scored by them were basically helped a little bit by the ref and Dacian scored a lovely collective uh, team play finishing himself finishing it himself um that game in itself was already a, a great sign and then they go on to beat and for the most part dominate uh with a tactical masterclass props to Melikian in that regard uh, against a central European giant and staple as is Lovan Bratislava that of course they are not playing at their best but they still have great names and on the individual uh, front they surpassed Punic by a long long uh, margin in market value and, and names and all that but bro the cohesion and, and the grit that Punic has, and they still are missing some key players uh, of the new transfers. Now, if you want, we can discuss later or not, I don't know, but they signed like three or four players that are a little bit out of practice, Then that when they pick up form, they are a huge addition to any Armenian club. Uh, so they have very realistic chances to making it through the group stage to the playoffs. I agree. Uh, Chodens, now looking forward ahead, there are two uh, upcoming fixtures for Punic, a doubleheader, as they call it, here in America, against the bottom of the table side. Um, their name is escaping me. Uh, Armen? Oh my god, how am I forgetting their name? Uh, oh, Zagiris. Yeah, Zagiris of uh, Lithuania, right? And aren't they the first ever... Um, representation of a Lithuanian club in European competition, if they I'm not are, mistaken? I believe so. They are. I think yeah. so. They, yeah, I think and they actually, are. That, was, that was surprising because they're one of the biggest teams in the Baltics, if not the biggest one. And mm. they're making Europe at the same time as Unique. I would have thought they had before, but... They, no. no. And, and their first two matches uh, was a 1-0 loss against Basel in the last round, meaning uh, defensively they're... Um, looking pro- probably a little more sound than Punique, and uh, yeah, a nil-nil draw against Slovan Bratislava. Uh, so it's looking like a very defensively heavy team. Um, they're, but maybe against Punique, they'll try to open up, and that could probably play into Punique's hands. But Chodens, Zagiris, going to play them twice in a row now next month uh, in what could potentially be a, a big game-changer if Basel end up getting a... Um, uh, if Basel end up taking six points from Slovan... Uh, and it, it could potentially see Punic maybe cement second place really early on. Uh, what do you think the likelihood of that is? How do you think Punic will do in those matches? Personally, from what I've seen with uh, clubs playing this two in a row uh, kind of thing, it's it's crucial. Now there's there's here we have a, a bit of an advantage this year. Because the World Cup is taking place in November, 
the games are packed. So now th- the closer that they are playing, the more the form of the players, the 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 mentality, let's say, is gonna stay, is gonna remain the same. So if this game, the next one, which is at home again, if Punic get a good result again, it, it's gonna be a very good turnaround of what we're expecting. The 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 next one, they'll probably manage a draw or maybe even a win. I think, um, and I would like to hear your thoughts on this. Obviously, six points here is what we what we want. Uh, but four points wouldn't be bad either, right? Uh, like they always say, you got to win your home games, and you got to take something from away. Uh, Anman, what do you what do you think about that? Would you obviously we prefer six points, but do you think four points would be enough <laughs> to see Punic take that second place spot? I think it would. I think it would, and it's realistic. And as I said, uh, once the secret weapon, three or four, I believe it's four uh, experienced seasons with a top 15 league players that Punic just signed, um, it's very realistic. We have four players that are a huge concealed advantage for Punic that still haven't fully adapted to the system and are yet to be seen by our competition in in conference league and that's a huge advantage i mean this the full potential of the team is still not there imagine that yeah that's very true and and looking forward i think it's it's a couple things we can note here so Punic have already managed more points in the Conference League than Alashket did in six matches last season. No surprise. We all know that Alashket team was not good. Um, Definitely. Definitely. Also, in terms of game changers, the amount of prize money that Punic have won is already been half a million euros on top of the almost three million they got from qualifying. So... We're talking about a game-changing amount of money already. And if we do get another six points against Zalgiris or four points against Zalgiris, that's another 700,000 euros right there. That's a lot of money in terms of APL. And hopefully, you know, Punic invest that wisely and not just use it to buy foreign talent, but help their domestic talent out. Um, Really, really Mm -hmm. exciting stuff. As of now, Punic are sitting in second place on three points uh, behind FC Basel who are on six points, of course, the uh, club that we all anticipated to be top of the table. And uh, below them is Slovan Bratislava, followed by Zalgiris. Gentlemen, moving forward, we have... Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta make the shout out. Otubanjo, bro. Big, big, (laughs) big respect. No, no, no. I mean, this is really uncommon really uncommon to see non-armenians actively support our rightful cause because that's what it is uh and And before that scoring the super goal which was amazing definitely i mean goal of the week and on top of that having the stones 
celebrated the way he did with a huge uh, shirt or, or a top saying, I stand with Armenia. That, my respect. And, and from Ginton, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Yusuf Otobanjo. Uh, also, quick side note. Um, because of this, uh, this Punic qualifying for the Conference League, the under-19 teams actually had the opportunity to qualify for the uh, the UEFA Youth League. And our and Punic's under-19 team was drawn up against none other than FC Nantes under-19, yeah. where young uh, Gorman Villan actually played not too long ago. Uh, the first game, or first leg rather, was in Nantes. And uh, Nantes won 2-0 uh, after a resilient first half by the Armenian side. Uh, Nantes scored both of their goals in the second half. And they travel to Yerevan this upcoming week for the second leg. Not, uh, although we don't not anticipate a bad much, at all. Yeah, it's not a bad result. And it's also even uh, more crazy when you think that for an under-19 side, most of the players that were playing were 16 and 17 years old. Yeah, so, and it was away as well. And it was away. So it's uh, really, really solid. Good good for uh, good for Punic, their, their youth team. And a lot of, you know, Armenia under-17 national team players getting a very, very good experience to go abroad uh, and, and play in a place like Nonsen. Who knows? You know, there's definitely scouting, a lot of scouting that gets done in the youth league. So, you know, maybe one or two players uh, had a standout performance on Punic's end and uh, get signed for another club. But we'll see. Moving forward. Your boy, Armin. Sargis Adamian. Uh, he's finally picking it up in Germany again. Uh, how's he doing? Great. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's finally bagging them in, which is the difference because he started off pretty good uh, with assists here, assists there, in all competitions, playing 30 minutes here, 15 there. Uh, all in all, good, 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 um, solid uh, performances with uh, goal contributions, direct goal contributions, but not a lot of goals themselves. Well, now he's back two in a row, I believe, one against um, in Bundesliga. I don't remember who they played, but Sago scored, uh, started and scored. And then, yes, uh, in Conference League as well, scored against uh, Czech Republic Slovatsko, which is ironic because the name is literally uh, means Slovakian, but they're from the Czech Republic. Okay. Fun fact aside, um, Sako scored. But the thing is, there, he wasn't called to the national team. And now there have been a lot of rumors, especially now accentuated by his um, separation from national team squad list announcement, um, that he has been in... Uh, some sort of a locker room fight with uh, Joaquin Caparros, the Armenian national team head coach. Um, mm-hmm. I, we still don't know how true how true that is. We still don't know who claims what. But what we do know is what we saw on the last game against uh, Scotland, the four-one mm-hmm. loss, the very accidented four-one loss in Yerevan last mm-hmm. time out. That Sako, I don't know if it's if he started or not, but when he was on the pitch, he was visibly and clearly frustrated with especially Kamo Vanessian. 
because of you know Camo's lack of football like you. Well, uh, we'll we'll get into the national team in in a bit. We'll we'll talk about that. That's definitely I, the main part of today's show. But um, just bringing it back to Adamian in the in in the Bundesliga. Yeah. He's not starting games. Uh, their lineups out. Kickoff is in six bro. minutes. He's not. He, he's going to be treated as a super sub, uh, pretty much in every game. Uh, he did start in Europe, which is which is good, which is great. Um, uh, but you know, obviously, we want him starting in the Bundesliga. Also, I think it's going to take him uh, maybe deeper into the season, just a little bit of patience, and I think he will be starting a lot more games once the European. Uh, you know, the, the lack of, 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 of rest from Europe kicks in. Uh, I think the rotation is going to have to be a lot more prevalent. But uh, a good start to good start for Sako, two goals. And it was against Wolfsburg, by the way. Uh, I looked it up. So it was his goal was against Wolfsburg. There you go. But, bro, Next. super stopping bad, bro. As long as he keeps breaking them up and, and getting this, the, 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 the stats and the performances, I would much rather have him uh, play a standout 30 minutes in Bundesliga each week than mm-hmm. starting and getting tired and playing 70 minutes with nothing to show for it. I agree. But I would agree further if he actually played for the national team. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, anyway, definitely, we'll, that, we'll we get, will get into that, as you said. Come on, come on. All right. Next up, Norberto Briasco Balakia. Boca Juniors was well. I mean, when you need them, yeah, <laughs> it's it started off really good. He 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 had his first start in what nine months. Yeah, uh, he scored a brilliant goal while falling down in typical Beto Briasco style. Um, <laughs> and then he came on in the Super Classico. Right, he came off the bench, or did he start against River? No, no, off the bench. Came off the bench. 30-minute cameo, and then he re-aggravated his injury. He was actually back on the bench, and he was crying, and he got a feel for the guy because he his rehabilitation was really difficult. He's had a really tough time at Boca. Um, he's been criticized, uh, but you know, also he's just been rather unlucky. Um, hopefully, you know we. I don't know. Good. Just hopefully he recovers well. Of course, we would like to see him in the national team, but you know, we know as long as he's in Argentina, that that the likelihood is, you yeah. know, lower and lower. Especially when he's playing for a club like Boca. Uh, I think I think the pressure of playing there got to him, and I, we see uh, that thing, that sort of thing happening to a lot of players. Well, in this case, it was very evident. Uh, that's why I wouldn't. Uh, be opposed to being moved to MLS or Liga MX in Mexico because, I mean, he's already the other side of the Atlantic, so might as well move to a, a place where he is uh, a little easier and then can, you know, feel a little less pressured and against better, weaker opposition in a way. Um, yeah. Hopefully, I don't know, man. I mean, I would love, like I've I've said it before, I would love, love, love to see him come uh, play for the Galaxy. I think I think they could really use him there. Their current left winger, I think his name is Grand Sear. They picked him up from a French second division side. He's he sucks. <laughs> He's not good, uh, not good at all. And and I, I don't, I wouldn't want to see him at LAFC because he would be competing with 
like Carlos Vela and Gareth Bale and oh. a couple of other people for a spot. And I, I'd rather Not see good. him go to the Galaxy, uh, play with <laughs> um, uh, play with Chicharito and with uh, uh, who is that? Uh, Ricky Puj. And it'll, it'll, I think it'll be good for him. But but anyway, we'll see. Chadens, our boy wonder, Eduard Spezia. What is going on with him in our? I'm not going to call it our favorite country in the world because definitely not. Uh, how is Ezra doing? Amazing. When when does he stop? Like literally a few minutes ago, he as we're recording this, he scored a goal and assisted. Uh, another goal. Uh, so that makes it 10 games, eight goals and three assists. So 11 goal contributions in 10 games. And that's not going to stop. That's not going to stop. And we all know it. We all know he's just going to keep on going. I don't know what's next for him. There are so many options for him. There are so many options. If they come knocking, he better break those doors down. He's he's averaging something like a, a goal or an assist every 70 minutes now. That's, That's insane. immense. Yeah, I don't. And so we're talking. I mean, just think about that. If 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 this was any if this was any non-Armenian, if he was Spanish, if he was German, if he was Brazilian, Spezzino, he he would be a hundred million going to Real Madrid Definitely. right now. Yeah, Spezzino signs down. for Real Madrid from Flamengo for, I don't know, 35 million because he's got huge potential. <laughs> yeah, with a 100 million buyout clause. Like that, that's, oh, yeah. that's literally, <laughs> yeah. that's literally that what we're seeing here. It's, it's, it's nuts, dude. Like it, his stats don't, they don't lie, bro. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. And then I'm trying to find the, so right now, according to FootMob, he is the, Best performing player. He has an 8.28 rating so far on average this season. That's better than most people. That's an above average rating. Average rating is in the 7.0 around there. He's the club's top goal scorer with eight goals. And he is the club's, uh, club's top assister joint with uh, with uh, Baniac uh, with three assists. And of course, goal contributions wise with Krasnodar. He is the highest in the Russian Premier League right now. They're in fourth place. Uh, only CSK Moscow, Khorik uh, Bayramans Rostov, and Zenit St. Petersburg are ahead of them. Uh, meanwhile, Arsene Zakharyan's uh, Dynamo are in sixth place. Uh, in terms of the league as a whole, he is now joint top goal scorer with Kinsey Promes at eight. And he is one assist off from being joint top assister. But in terms of goals plus assists, he's currently joint top again with Kinsey Promes. And he is also the second highest rated player in the league uh, behind Vendel of uh, Zenit St. Petersburg. So we're talking about a kid that's 22 years old. Former Bayern Leverkusen. Yeah. Uh, a kid that's 22 years old. Yep. Can't stop scoring. Assisting uh, is Armenian. Dominating this league right now. and where what's what's next for him what's the what what's going to happen next we, we know national team is coming up he's suspended for the game against ukraine which sucks obviously um but we do have that game away away to ireland uh and and considering it's league b there's gonna be a lot of attention 
a lot, lot, lot mm-hmm. of attention on that game. Plus, it's uh, good to have him rested. I agree. I agree. It's good to have him rested, and we'll and we'll talk about, of course, that Ireland game. Yeah. game further. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but well, what? What? I mean, what are we? What are we expecting here? I mean, what is he? First of all, how many goals is he going to finish on? Do you guys think this season? He's on eight. Right. So. Are we actually predicting now? Yeah, let's do it. Give me a prediction. Oh my god, no. I think it can surpass the 15. I hope so. Well, uh, doesn't I, I, it depend if he leaves in January? I, that's the I thing. Do you expect him to leave in January? Do you think he'll No, I don't think so. Because he didn't leave this summer. He, he, he waited. He's patient. Uh, how many did you say, Armin? Uh, well... For sure, he's gonna surpass Yuram Ovsesian, for also former Krasnodar hero. Uh, I believe he was uh, his largest, his highest amount was I don't know 14 in a season. Well, Edo is definitely gonna surpass that. Not being a number nine or a box player, uh, <laughs> that too, yeah. it's crazy, bro. And and as we said last time out, Heno. It was a similar kind of player at Shakhtar, but the, the thing is, as we said last time out, Shakhtar was miles away from any other UPL side at the time, whilst Krasnodar had a very much uh, more difficult time, uh, and, and it's much more competent and, and uh, even the, the RPL. There are like easily eight teams at the same level as Krasnodar and even then Edo is one of the top, easily top three players in the RPL. I mean statistically speaking he's top two. 17 and one. In every regards. Oh, oh Chana, so 17 yeah. goal. And uh, to, <laughs> to, 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 to finalize that statistic for you Onman or to confirm rather uh, in the 13-14 season Yurimov Sessian scored 16 goals. So if he can pass that He's already halfway Definitely. there, man. Uh, I would like to personally see him assist a little bit more. Uh, he is like he is a, clearly a goal scoring yeah. number ten more than like a goal creating number ten. Um, but uh, and and I think this further reinforces um, my idea that he needs to be playing way higher up on the pitch for the national team. I I think at this point, if you keep on playing Definitely. him as a six, I'm sorry, Caparos. But that is fucking stupid because this kid is on fire and you need to play your best players where they play best. We'll look at the lineups and tactics in a little bit. But yeah, bro, speaking of the RPL, uh, before we move on, something that uh, went kind of under the radar here is Horik Bayramian. You mentioned it in Rostov as, uh, I don't know, top three at the table. Uh, And Horik is actually... As you well mentioned a few months ago, I believe, uh, not playing wings anymore, not playing wings any longer, which is mm-hmm. why last time out at the national team camp, he was also deployed as a central midfielder. That's because mm-hmm. he's doing so at Rostov, as you said. And yep. under this new scheme, he is actually leading and pulling the strings for the club to be one of the best clubs in Russia with a relatively uh lower budget he they used to have a much higher bad budget uh rostov i don't know what happened 
but they had a lot of players leave even before the the whole Russian invasion of Ukraine thing. Rostov was already uh, lowering their game, and even so, Khorik is pulling the strings, bro. And and even today, he scored a goal, his first goal of the season uh, at club level, and joins the national team for his newfound role as a central midfielder in great form. Yeah, and and that's that's kind of what I would like to see. I would I would like to see yeah. them them switch. I want to see. Baramian playing that that central midfield role and Spertian further up the pitch. Uh, that and I think that should be the expectation from us. And hopefully Caparo sees that because I mean it's at this point it's like it's just ridiculous. He, he has to do it. Um, speaking of quickly uh, news that I don't think we covered in the last episode because I believe this news came out right after. Eduard Spertian is actually the highest valued Armenian player now um, in the market. He's officially yep. surpassed. Oh, yeah, that's you. Yeah, uh, he's worth about ten million dollars uh, on the on the transfer the market. Prophecy has been fulfilled. Are you sure it's dollars. dollars? Isn't it more? Uh, no, t- I, I'm looking at I'm looking at, but, you know, at um, the transfer market more. right now. It should uh, be more. Oh, he's he's more. It. Yeah, it should be more. And so he's also passed Lucas uh, Zeller. I mean, in terms of dollars, that's like yep. it, it would be more, but okay. No, it's it's Bro. it's ten million. In objective terms, Edo is worth easy 35 mil. Easy. Yeah. Easily. It's, it's insane. Question. Uh, like, yes. he might be valued that much, but like, how? It, doesn't he have a contract expiring next year or? No. So he actually extended his contract yeah, to 2024. And I believe, oh. if I'm not mistaken, we read figures at one point that, uh, that, that clubs, uh, that clubs were offering something around 12 or 13 million for him uh, this past summer yeah um and mm-hmm. rejected it because they're, they're asking for more and just for <laughs> perspective of course i hate to play this card but i'm gonna keep on making this comparison um because i think it's the best <laughs> comparison we can make edwards uh sorry zaharian arsan zaharian was is was being purchased by chelsea for 15 million so euros, that's it that, by the way yeah 15 million euros and 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 Kazalar rejected 13 million euros for Spertian because they were like he's they said he's worth a lot more than that. Well, so, they're they're good the, thinking. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, 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 good thinking on there. And, and and you know what? A lot of people criticized his decision to stay in Kazalar, uh, but it's <laughs> clearly working out. So I don't. It's yeah, working so much. Yeah, I don't. Plus, he he. They're not him. They they're not in in his shoes. I mean, yeah. you got to understand the nuances of this. Yeah, you put on the boots and then talk. All right. Moving on to the main course, the main dish of this episode. <laughs> the Armenian national team squad has been announced for the matches against the Ukraine and the Republic of Ireland in the UEFA Nations League. Uh, as it stands, Armenia is bottom, facing relegation back to League C. But there is an opportunity to make that change and to stay in League B, which was the objective, of course. Yeah. Starting in the goalkeeping spots, we have David Yurchenko, Stanislav Bushnev, both of Punic, and Arsen Beglaria. Mm-hmm. Chadens, defenders, who was called up? 
Defenders, Varasad Haroyan, the captain and player of the year, Armenian player of the year. Hovanesan Partsumian, his uh, teammate in Anorthosis. Uh, Andre Chalisir, uh, Jordi Ararad, Taron Voskanyan, Hiramogoyan. Anyway, uh, Stjopan Makirchian, uh, the potentially uh, Van Dijk. Uh, Girai Margarian, well-deserved captain of Urardu. Hagop Hagopian, formerly Urardu. Yeah, midfield. these are the defenders, actually. Midfield, Armin. Who got called up? Horen Bayramian, Edward Spertian, Edgar Babayan, Attack the Lion Gregorian, the other Attack Punix, and UEFA Conference League top goal scorer, Artak Tashian, Garem Muradian, my boy, Hovane Sarutunian, Sergei Mekarchan, Aram's boy, and Serop Kalstian, I would say football game from future star future bro nominee. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The graduates. And the forward, uh, the forwards to round out the list: Baham Bichakchian, Lucas Zalarayan, Girard Charoyan, and Tigran Barcelia. Uh, boys, let's break this down first um, by section of the pitch. Give our thoughts. Uh, move through, and then we'll preview the opposition. Um, goal, I think we could skip. We all knew where this was headed. Uh, David Yerchenko, he's probably going to start both games. Been doing, I would say, well in the Conference League. He made some crazy good saves uh, against Slovan and against Basel. Um, I don't think any anything crazy over there. So let's start in defense, where there was already some things that we would have done differently, of course. Um, but some good call-ups, Armen. Uh, we're talking about, of course, uh, Margarian, Hakopian, and Jordi Ararat, who uh, you had mentioned uh, in some of our discussions uh, previously that you think that those three should be called up. And very notably, both Hovanesians, who received red cards, yeah. dropped from the squad completely. Yeah, that was a welcome change. I mean, before diving into the defense itself, a, a general look outlook of the squad, uh, I would say is a huge step forward. I mean, yeah, maybe it's lacking a little bit of more uh, inside-the-box goal-scoring firepower, but the squad as a whole, they're like, I don't know, Three players, only three players we know don't deserve to be there. While usually, uh, like after Henos and Mkhitaryan's statement last year, for a year it was way over three. It was like six bad players called up each time. Well, now you can tell, I don't know why, I don't know how, but Caparros is going back to having much more freedom to choose. And I am really glad with the squad. Uh, now, about defense, remember Varastat Haroyan, our captain, is suspended for the game against uh, Ukraine, the opener of this window. Uh, so I would say, all things considered, of course, we might be wrong because this is wishful thinking and based on merit on our side, as always, objective and merit-based, nothing else, which doesn't always end up, it's not what happens on the pitch. But 
my opinion is that uh, Stjopa Makachan and Andre Chalice should be the starting center backs uh, while Taroyan is suspended. And uh, considering form and, and, of course, talent, and then since Chalice is not really used to starting a lot and has been dealing with a lot of injuries, I would rest him against Ukraine. And Stjopa, that is in peak form and fitness, can start both games in a row uh, against Ireland as well once Haroyan is back from suspension. And as you mentioned, right backs are Hambartsumian and Ararat. Mm-hmm. And left backs are welcome, welcome newcomers. Hago uh, Pagopian back after, I believe, his last game was for the national team. The last game was against Macedonia when we won promotion in 2020. Uh, yeah, in 2020, November 2020. Yeah. He played and left wing in that game. Yeah, he played he left played wing left in that wing. game. Remember. And, he did really well. and was, yeah, and he had a great game. And you know what? This is actually something uh, that most people don't know. Caparros uh, was asked about him a few times and why he was uh, snubbing him from the list this time, this year and last year. And he said that uh, he didn't have the um, built, you know, the the strength, the body strength to to perform at this high level, and that's why he got injured uh, a lot, which is true. But this changes now that um, at FCAA, at Ararat Armenia, he is strictly playing left back, which mm-hmm. was only one of his positions while at Urartu and, and while being captain of Urartu. His main position was the midfield. But now he's reconverted to strictly left back and there he can perform with his build. Uh, now, his, like his build is not going to be a problem in this case. Now, looking at this list, obviously, the, the two names that um, stick out here are two consistent call-ups we've seen uh, of Dodon Boscana and Gerard McCoy. Um, now, you were saying you would play uh, Charles Sear and Mukherjian, Stiopra. Definitely. As center back. Now, the issue here with that is that in the three out of the four Nations League matches, we have played with five at the back with three mm-hmm. central defenders. And looking at the squad list, we have five central defenders called up and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two wing backs on either side. That tells me that Joaquin Caparos is going to be playing a five at the back again. Look, um, uh, I, yeah, you're, you're right, actually. As long as both Makoyan and Voskanyan are not on the pitch at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm happy. I mean, see, that, I think they will be. That's the worst part, yeah. All things I, considered, think they will. I, I don't think Charles here will start. I, I hope he uh, does. I don't know. I don't know, bro. I mean, he I'm did start and too keep a, for that. It did start and keep a clean sheet last weekend on the Danish uh, league, and and he's uh, not bad and he, like he's keeping his form and fitness. Um, and at the national team, he's much more important, especially mm-hmm. even so if you consider uh, Vato being uh, suspended for the first game. You know. Uh, like the last time out against Ukraine, um, actually Voskanian and Makoyan started both and played the full game, of course. Uh, it wasn't a bad game per se, but n- now we got a 
better squad. I don't see why they should both start. Last time out, Charlie Shaw was injured, actually. True. Um, moving on to the midfield, Chaudens. A lot of options here and a couple of new faces. Um, but if we're talking about selecting a midfielder, we always talk about balance, right? We talk about having a defensive midfielder in there. We talk about being able to play a combination of players that work well together. Um, if we're playing five at the back, obviously that takes one player away from the midfield or up top that we could potentially play. Seeing as, as though a few of our players are on incredible form, how do you pick a midfield out of these players? You have Eduard Spetsian, who is should be starting every single game. Of course, he's not going to start against Ukraine due to suspension. But you also have Artak Dashian, who is the Conference League top goal scorer. <laughs> uh, you have Hovanes Harutunian, who has been pulling the strings for Punic. You have Edgar Babayan, who's a dynamic, dynamic w- a winger. You have Joran Bayerman, who's coming in on very good form uh, as well. And then you have a couple of young players in Sergei Mukherjee and Serov Galustian. Uh, how do you pick a midfield when you have so many players that are in such good form? And who would you pick to start? The strategy. The strategy against uh, the team that uh, you're facing. Ukraine will be playing open, I suspect. Uh, but the thing is, if they're wise, in, if they're wise enough, they would know that the, most of the players are actually coming from a, a strong, uh, from a strong place. Most of the mm-hmm. players have scored a goal or have played games, and they're coming uh, with with a good psychology. So Ukraine will be aware of what's coming. The thing is. How Kaparos would like to play. My, my personal feeling is that I'm afraid Arta Grigorian will start. Uh, the thing is, it's not that bad that he will start, but there are, like you said, a lot of good options to be used. Now, five at the back is going to be a bit tough to play with five at the back. However, uh, Hovanes Harutunan personally will take the place in the center. Uh, he's a CM, right, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. But the CDM role would still be suitable for him. We saw how, how, what kind of an engine he is. And next to him, having Arta Grigorian might actually be a good thing, even though I, I'm not so confident in this option. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus, Arta Grigorian is coming... Uh, from a team that's on top of the league right now. Uh, Edgar Babayan is having a good influence, mm-hmm. which I suspect, I hope, actually, he, he plays. Mm-hmm. So the the, ma- the main name for me is definitely Hovanes Harutunian, and possibly Artak Tashan as well. Well, I agree with him. I agree, because look, think about it. We have two very good midfield players here that are playing European football, which can't be said for most of this squad bar who Andre Chalas here, who, who is playing in Europe as well. And the other player we have is Sargis Adamian, 
who is not even in the squad, and we'll discuss that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they have both so far, individually speaking, had standout performances, especially Artak uh, Dashian, who has scored in both games. Um, we know mm-hmm. that Kapados isn't afraid to start Dashian. And honestly, considering his form and considering Eduard Spertian is, is suspended, why mm-hmm. not play that duo? Why not play Harutunian yeah. in that Spertian deeper role yeah. and play Dashian next to him? They have that chemistry. Uh, you have a suspended player in, in one of those positions. Why not capitalize there? Armin, what are your thoughts? I uh, don't. Uh, as much as I would like to see Hovo Arutunian, that as you guys mentioned, he's been a standout for Punic, and mm, not in vain, he was praised by Dan Stankovic, former UEFA Champions League uh, champion <laughs> winner with Inter, and uh, currently Red Star coach. No, formerly Red Star coach, but he watched uh, uh, Hovo Arutunian in action firsthand and. He praised him as a Punic standout, sure. Uh, and he's young. He deserves to be in a UEFA top 15 league, hands down. And, and, and for sure, this UEFA Conference League season is going to be a great scouting opportunity for him. Uh, but I don't think he is going, especially under this 5-2-3 uh, scheme, uh, I don't think he's going to uh, overtake Horik Bayramian's spot. Especially against Ukraine, because if we mirror the game against Ukraine, the way we lost that game in 25 minutes uh, span of loss of focus, mm-hmm. we're I'm going to get into Jordi Ararat by the way as well, um, because he was one of the weakest links in that game. Uh, yeah, but the way we played that game was good actually, and and had it not been for the poor way in which Cap actually managed rotation during that window where we spent day and night time and again highlighting and remarking how important rotation was going to be. They did not handle it well. And a game that was there for us, for the taking, ended up 3-0 against us over a span of 25 minutes. Well, Horik Bayramian playing at CM was one of the best players there in that game. Of course, he was super tired and had, had to leave, but a fully rested Horik Bayramian can play a 90-minute game against uh, Ukraine in central mid, maybe alongside Hovaro Tunyan, I don't know, but most probably alongside either the Lion Grigorian, of course, or mm-hmm. Karen Muradian that is in sick form and captaining uh, Ararat Armenia as well. Do not uh, forget about him either. He He's actually one of the ones that can play two games in a row now uh, and is fit enough to do so. Um, so, yeah, I would start Horik Bayramian against uh, Ukraine, hands down. Maybe, maybe Hovar Tunyan can start against Ireland, considering fitness and rotation. That wouldn't be out of the question, though. Yeah. Uh, about, I don't know, about Babayan, he is definitely not a midfielder, especially, again, considering um, the game against Ukraine last time out. Definitely one of the standouts on that game. I would, if you ask me, I would say three players were key to holding down Armenia until the 60th minute. Two of them were benched at the 60th minute, coincidentally, not not by coincidence, actually. By Damian, as mentioned, Babayan, 
that was the pivot and only player in deep attack. He was alone against the four-man Ukraine defense, and he was passing them, and he was out of form. Now he's in way better form. He can start at nine. And the third one, UEFA Conference League goal scorer, top goal scorer, Artak Tashian. He, in my opinion, he's going to play wing again. Last time out, he played wing against Ukraine, and it worked out pretty well. He 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 was amazing, and yeah, that's how I how I see it uh, this time out. Maybe there will be a place for Lucas Elarayan to start as well. I don't know mm. if it's a, as a four nine and maybe drop Babayan uh, to the wing or not, yeah. or maybe he's going to change the scheme, or maybe even, maybe even that, as a CM. That's that's the big question, and, and rolling into the attack. That's um, why I don't see Hovartunen starting, at least not against Ukraine. I, I don't know if this is really important, especially because I don't think it's going to happen, but Hovart and Patsumian should start at right back, especially, uh, as I said, Ararat... Uh, didn't play all. It was a weak, one of the weakest links against Ukraine and really unimpressive last time out. We know his capabilities. We know he has a lot to add to the squad on a good day. On a bad day, mm-hmm. he's the weak link. So that's going to be up to Cap's man management. True, true. Um, I think considering the physicality of Ireland, I, I think he would be a good fit to play against Ireland. But again, I think if... if if Hovo can play 180 yeah. minutes, I think he should. Um, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but if something is to happen to Hovo, I uh, you know hopefully Jordy can step in and do the job because we know he can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now moving on to the attack, uh, I think this is where a lot of the controversy of this squad has come up. Uh, we have <laughs> Bichakjan, Zelaryan, Shalayan, and Tigran Barcerian. Uh, the big Missing name here is, of course, FC Köln striker Sargis Adam, uh, which Armen had alluded uh, previously uh, that there was some sort of disagreement or something between uh, between him and Kaparos. And if you think about it a little bit, um, being a striker in Kaparos's style of play in his system, I could see how that's frustrating. Um, yeah. He hardly gets any touches. He hardly gets a look on on goal because it is, you know, it, it is a, a counter-attacking style. It is a, a lot of defending. It's a lot of chasing the ball. And we and we have said this before. Sargis Adamian is a striker that thrives in teams that hold the ball. That's when he that's when he plays good football. Um, not when you're defending for 88 minutes. So I I could see where the frustration comes from. Do I agree that? He should not have been called up. No, I think it's fucking stupid. Of course he should be Definitely. called up. Yeah, but we don't now, know who, who took what decision, who said what. The only thing I saw is his uh, his frustration with Kamovanetian on the pitch against Scotland. That's the only thing now, I saw. But but now you're looking at this list of strikers that we have, guys, Chodens. There is... Not a single actual number nine on this list. You have Vahan, who's a who's a, about who's a, a number ten and a right winger. You have Lucas, who is a true number ten. You have Girard Charoyan, who's a left winger, and you have Tigran Barcelon, who is also a right winger. Arguably, arguably, arguably. And I would have, add Edgar Babayan. Edgar Babayan. 
is as who is listed as a midfielder in this squad, who's actually plays yeah. as a number nine. Um, so we have a we have a one striker who's listed as a midfielder and no striker that's listed as a striker that's an actual number nine. <laughs> and four and four midfielders listed as strikers. Yeah. yeah so what pretty what much. are we doing here? Are we what's going on here, Chadens? We know that they're. Let's assume Kapados is playing a 5-3-2 because that's what he has done in three out of the four matches, including the victory against uh, the Republic of Ireland. Let's say 5-3-2. So you have your five defenders already picked. You have your three midfielders already picked. You're looking at your two up top. Who who would you play there, Chadens? Butchnev. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh... uh... <laughs> That's something you don't even joke about. Do you play a winger? Do you play a winger as striker? Do you play? No, realistically defense? looking, Zelaran is gonna start. Yeah. Well, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, Lucas has started once, right? And he played as uh, he was one of the two strikers up top. Right? Oh, he started. He started a few times. One I can recall at least once as a four nine. And once as a central midfielder, uh-huh. uh, and I think he performed well both times. Um, I think that the worst of him was seen off the bench. Uh, yeah, when, especially when games were already decided. But I can remember the game against Iceland. He was the one-one uh, that we should have won, but there were a lot of players that shouldn't have been there. Starting with, uh, as much as we love him, Hendrik Mkhitaryan, he... Who missed a ball. sitter. Who missed a sitter. That Lucas... No, so that like, was actually... Act, actually, that was against Romania later on. But yeah... No, 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 it, no, no. That was against against Iceland. He he. Lucas crossed the ball from the left wing with his left foot. And all Hendrik needed to do was get something on that. And he just completely I, missed the ball. I think it was against Romania. Yeah, I'm almost certain. Um, I, I'm almost certain because that time Heno was the 4-9 and Lucas was playing CM. And mm-hmm. as I said, both times against Iceland and against Romania, Lucas played well out of mm-hmm. position, as I said, out of position, once uh, up top and once below. Uh, but I think the key here is going to be the 4-9 four, the because... Going over other players, uh, Vaham Bachachian playing as a 4-9 has always resulted in good stuff, especially over the last uh, calendar year. Uh, Edgar Babayan was always, uh, he was only once against Ukraine and he was a standout player. Um, and of course, Shaoyan and Balsekhen are probably not going to be a 4-9. So mm-hmm. I think the one 4-9 is going to be between Bachachian, Zelarayan and Babayan. And I'm happy okay. with that. So here, here's the thing, though. Obviously, we're, we're going to double back to this because this is important. That The fact that Spersian is suspended for Ukraine. Yeah. You need a midfielder that's pulling the strings. Do you play Hova Harutunian or do you play Lucas Zellerayan there? Because if you think about it, Lucas has been has had a very good season for the Columbus crew in the MLS. He has nine goals and five assists in 23 mm-hmm. matches. 26 matches, excuse me, with 23 starts. He has been honestly exceptional this season. Uh, the, the crew haven't been 
overall the best. They, their defense has been letting them down a little bit. But Lucas, as an individual, has been performing very, very good. And he, and we know that MLS is a good level. But no, now we also have Hovo Harutunian, who can play a similar role and who is playing in Europe and who is playing really well. Do you start one over the other? Do you play both together? Do you play Lucas up at a, in a higher position where, in my opinion, he's less effective? What's the play here? Yeah, as you said, it all depends. It all comes down to the scheme and the tactic that Cap's going to deploy. But as I said, I don't think Hovo Artunian should start, at least not against Ukraine. Horik uh, Bairamian did really, really great against Ukraine last time out. Uh, but since he was tired, he had to be subbed off. But now, uh, rotation, I mean, we are not heading into this game with two other games uh, within a week before that. We are heading into this game fully rested. And unlike Ukraine, that has a lot more physicality and, and they're used to uh, this type of ex- of um, demand uh, constantly. Our team is not on that same level, but technically we can meet them uh, and, and be on bar with them. And Jorge Bayramen can't play a, ni- a full 90 at CM. Uh, it all depends on, on the scheme, really. It's well, a strategy like I said, that Cap is going to pull off. It's, 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 that's it's, the main thing. It's looking like a 5-3-2, guys. I mean, I, I I don't want to see us play five at the back because I don't think we play particularly well with it. Yeah, it's, seeing as we're at, it's there's no point. We're at a negative seven goal difference playing five at the back. It's clearly not working. And Jesus but we know Cap's Christ. not going. Cap's not going to change that. So assume, uh, assume and, and really anticipate us playing five at the back because that's looking like what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it might be, uh, well, Tashian and Bairamian for sure should and are going to start at the midfield at, at least at two, uh, as two of the three midfielders. The one question is who's going to be the, the third midfielder? Are you going to play... Uh, a more ball position type like Arutunian or uh, Zelarayan if you're not going to play Zelarayan up top or are you going to play a more um, defensive uh, bulldog like Artak Tikorian or uh, Garen Muradian or are you going to play a winger like Serop Kastian or uh, of course uh, Shiro Shaoyan I don't know I mean, these these are all great questions um, that will be answered soon. So looking at the table for the UEFA Nations League, Ukraine are currently top with seven points after three matches, uh, followed by Scotland on six points after three matches. Ireland and Armenia have both played four matches, and Ireland sit in third place with four points, and Armenia bottom with three points. Now, we, of course, host... Ukraine. Um, and But before we do so, I believe there are, uh, because uh, Scotland and Ukraine have played each other, or, or are supposed to play each other, rather, they play each other on Wednesday. So the day after this episode comes out, we will see Scotland and Ukraine play each other. Uh, that match will, of course, not have the biggest bearing on Armenia's relegation uh, or, or, you know, hopes of staying out of the relegation zone. Uh, what is important uh, is on the same day that we play the Ukraine, Scotland play Ireland. Uh, and we definitely need 
a draw there or a Scottish win. I think no question, because if, if Ireland win in that game, we are relegated. Uh, so it's going to be a really, 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 really nerve wracking 90 minutes. Uh, uh, unless we pull out a result against the Ukraine and beat and get three points, then the, the, the Scotland versus Ireland matchup doesn't have a bearing uh, on, on whether we're pr- uh, promoted or relegated. But if we lose that game, um, or uh, yeah, if we lose against Ukraine and if Ireland beats Scotland, we're out. So it, it, we can be relegated in the next match day. Uh, but of course, that is all based on our performances. Our destiny is still in our own hands. Uh, That's what I was going to say. So, September 24th, we play against the Ukraine. And after, we travel to Ireland and play them on the 27th. First mm-hmm. up, the Ukraine. Last time out, we lost to them 3-0, right? And we lost to them because of what would say, what, what you called, Ottoman, a lapse in concentration. These Ukrainian players um, are in good form. Yaramchuk plays for Club Bruges, replaced Sargis Aldamian over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a couple of Shakhtar Donetsk players, a couple of Dinamo Kiev players. Of course, the uh, Ukrainian Premier League has resumed. A couple mm-hmm. uh, Milanovsky, who plays for Atalanta, is a solid player. Zinchenko, who's now at Arsenal, uh, having you know a revitalized career. A solid, solid team from this Ukraine. Well, you know they do what? Play... Actually, you mentioned him. Zinchenko is not on the list. There's not, not. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I did read something. I didn't uh, dive too deep into that. But so I wanted to check it for myself. And it's true. Zinchenko is out of the list. So is, by the way, uh, Saki Satamian's former teammate at Bruges, Edward Sobol, uh, which is a starting uh, center back for them. They are both out. They both started against Armenia and were among their best players. Uh, on the three nil loss, and they're both out. Mm. And yeah. another point I was gonna be focusing on: um, they play Scotland before and after, immediately before and after playing Armenia. And from their standpoint, yes, of course, we are the weakest team in the club. They feel like they need to beat us. Uh, politics aside. Football-wise, they they feel like they must show power by beating the, the the easiest game, by winning the easiest game. But it's not that easy either, because other than the lapse in concentration, they they couldn't break us, and we were at our low. We were it's a very tired team, and they played uh, their starters last time out. Now the Scot- both Scotland games are the decider ones for them. So and, and logically they should play their best against Scotland before and after playing Armenia. And consider, yeah, I'm, I'm, consider, I'm optimistic. I think we can get six points. I mean, I'm I'm looking at their squad right now, and it's primarily Ukrainian-based players. Um, they have Andre Lunin from Real Madrid, a B, I believe. He plays for Castilla. He's a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, they have Miolanenko who plays for. A Everton is a left back. Nikolenko, they have Nikolenko, yeah. Nikolenko Ignatenko, who plays for I think that's Socho. Uh, no, sorry, Bordeaux in central midfield. Uh, Milanovsky, of course, a wonderful player. 
and Yaramchuk. So those are obviously the, the, the only players that are playing outside of the Ukraine. Um, and Kovalenko, who plays for mm-hmm. and, uh, Spezia. And Yarmolenko, that uh, is at the the po- the post days, the, the final days of his career. He's playing in Nalain in the uh, United Arab Emirates. Uh, so he's not at the level he used to be. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, they're a good squad. We know that. They're a Always. good team. Uh, but they are not unbeatable they went out in their last match in the nation's league and they actually drew one all with ireland um a revitalized ireland i think at that point much to our dismay um it's it's going to be big and it's going to be a lot closer than than we think because i i mean this only four points are separating top and bottom right now ukraine are four points ahead of us on the and they're top of the table scotland are three points ahead of us and ireland are is only one point ahead of us if we get six points out of six here, we'll end up on nine and we'll, we will be potentially in second place. Um, I don't think that's going to happen because I believe Scotland has a game in hand and the goal difference mm. isn't looking that favorable. But third place is very, very, very doable. And, mm-hmm. it, and our destiny is in our own hands at this point. We have to win our matches and that's the only thing we can do. Now, moving on to the Republic of Ireland looking at their squad, they've had a lot, individually speaking, uh, of success recently, uh, both on the senior level and on the under-21 level. Their players have been playing in really good places. Um, but this is a team that we have shown that we can beat. This is a team that we have beaten and that we need to beat, I think. That's that's realistically that's what it comes down to here. We yeah. have to go away to Ireland and get the results that we were not able to get in 2011. And it's there, there. I don't know if there's going to be a psychological thing going on here with the Armenian players. Um, seeing as I would think, I don't think all, but if I'm not mistaken, Hurard Makoyan was mm-hmm. the whole, is the only player in this current squad that was in that squad for that game. Again, away to Ireland. The rest of this team, of course, they're well aware of it. Um, they showed amazing grit at home. And, of course, thanks to Edward Svertian's wonderful strike, we're able to get three points. Um, but this is the business end over here. What's going to happen, guys? Are we going to do it? Are we going to stay up? That was the target. That was the goal. Is it going to happen? I think it's realistic. I mean... Uh... Looking at Ireland, um, there's the psychological factor. Uh, aside from the last time we were there at the Aviva Stadium, which it's beautiful, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful stadiums in the world, and I love Ireland and everything, but there's the, psych- the psychological aspect to it. That mm-hmm. last time out, bro, the Irish players were so frustrated. I don't know if you remember the looks on their faces. There's that, first and foremost. Uh, secondly, rotation. Is, uh, this time out, it's only two games instead of four in 10 days. The, this time out, rotation is gonna, not going to be that important. And we have a much, I, I do not hesitate when I say we have a much better squad than last time out. 
which is ridiculous because when you have four games in in ten days, you need a better squad than you do when you have two. Uh, but I guess the worst part is over. Now we have a lot more things to be optimistic about, at least on football. And lastly, um, yeah, on the one hand, Ireland, if we focus on them, our game is the one they're going to be focusing on because they have Scotland away and then they host us. So you know they're going to be all in for the game against us. The closer at home, they're they're not going to... You know what they want to do. You, they want to impress their their people, their their fans, and close yeah. the season in a successful manner. But they also have other players that have downgraded and visibly downgraded their their um, clubs. You know, um, and they they travel they travel away to Scotland. Yeah, uh, but that's not for their first match. Yeah, that plays a role a bit. That does no. That it not. It's not the not the travel part that plays a role. But Trotters is right. They're playing their first game away from home, and 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 like we said, if if Scotland gets that result against Ireland, let's just say a Scottish win, that we still leaves Ireland on four points. And if and if we get a result at home against Ukraine, by result I mean three points, a mm-hmm. draw is good enough for us away. That's psychologically speaking, going into that that, that match. That can play a lot in in both of in both Irish and Armenian players' heads, and so I think, of course, yeah, you know, definitely. the psychological it, aspect is going to be huge. Go yeah, because going into the match, they they could be bottom just as easily as we can be bottom. So it's yeah. it's there's a lot to play for here. Clearly, um, if we somehow stay up in this after these two games, I don't I would be I would be ecstatic. Of course I knew it wasn't gonna be easy. And after that that opening win against Ireland, I had a lot more hope. Not of promotion. I, I just I knew we weren't gonna get promoted. But I, I was hoping yeah, we would tough. be in a better I was hoping we would be in a better position. You know, we would be on six points. That was the hope. Um but we're not that far away from either. So we're not, yeah. And and like I said, seven points here is enough to keep us in. Even six points here is enough to keep us in, um, and, it, and that, that's this is realistically what it comes down to. Uh, we we've said it all, we've talked about it. Now it's time for the boys to do the thing on the pitch. Yeah, plus Cap is a master of uh, psychology, and and as you said, the psychological part will be key, at least in the Ireland game. So I fully, fully, fully trust. Cap, especially now that I'm seeing that he has a lot more freedom to choose his own team and do his own thing. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, look, I'm usually not the one that's optimistic, but this time I can't help but to be optimistic. It's that's great. a good sign. Chaudens, how are you feeling? The first game is, well, obviously... Um, well, mathematically and in every other way, it's the most uh, important. But yeah. the performance of the first one, the not just the result, the performance of the first one is the most important thing for me. Because mathematically, this is very achievable. And mm-hmm. looking at the squad, it looks very achievable. I agree. I agree. It's going to be... A crazy roller coaster, as usual. Uh, we will be 
talking about it live. We'll probably be doing a pregame show for the match that's on Saturday against the Ukraine and then Tuesday away to Ireland. So if you don't already, please follow us on all of the social medias. We will be providing coverage leading up to these games. Um, UEFA Nations League, Armenia, name a better duo. That is all for us today here on Football Gantron. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, follow us on all, on all the platforms. Tweet about us. Uh, hashtag Edelspertian, the GOAT, um, the child prodigy. Uh, am I missing anything, boys? Anything last words? Not really. I mean, huge week ahead, football-wise and not. Uh, of course, we're going to be all over it. So mm-hmm. uh, stay mm-hmm. tuned. Reach out if you want to know something, if you want us to know something, whatever. We are here, and uh, we'll do our best. We will go on, and they try to bury us, but each time they try, we just get better. We aim for victories. Yeah, baby. All right. That's it for Football Gentron. We will see you guys on Saturday. Peace.